well, I want to th- I want to thank you for coming on the show on um, this is my big win podcast and Fung. I'm so excited to have you. So so if you if you don't mind, just uh, tell our guests who is Fung. Yeah, thank you ha- for having me, Jonathan. You know, I want to add as much value to the audience as possible. Um, so really grateful for uh, the opportunity to be on the podcast. So who is Fong? That is a loaded question. Um, you know, Fong uh, is someone who is an entrepreneur. You know, I've been uh, entrepreneurial minded uh, since I was 12, you know, and I remember to this day, I was playing a video game, like a computer game where I would go into the marketplace, the virtual marketplace, buy stuff really cheap, resell it for more at the age of 12. And so I hit the max amount of money that you can make in the game. And I would just continue to create account after account to like just buy and sell stuff. So um, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a dad. You know, I have a, a one son and I'm someone who uh, really wants to make an impact in the world. You know, that's really my mission in the world is to impact billions of people. And so right now I'm building businesses up to build an infrastructure to do that. For sure, for sure. And, I, and again, I want to thank you again for, for being here and congratulations on being a dad. And um, just, uh, you know, I'm sure that in itself is a journey. Right. So so, you know, up until, you know, with everything that's happened, um, especially the last couple of years and whatnot. What, like, so what would you say, Fong, like what would, what would you say is your big win? in your life that you've, that you've, been, that you've experienced? Yeah, a big win. I mean, there's so many different big wins that I've had, but um, the most, I would say uh, the most one that I can really think of right now that comes to mind is uh, when I was in college. So in college, you know, I um, was going to school full-time at Sacramento State doing full-time units. I was also working part-time as a janitor. So at my college, I was like, you know, cleaning tables, sweeping the floor, cleaning toilets, you know, like just, just a janitor, janitorial work. And then on top of that, I was running an exterior house painting business. So as you can imagine, I was really busy. You know, I remember at one point I was literally working 120 hours a week, um, had like only a few hours to sleep a night. And I did that for months, you know, and even if it wasn't within that time frame I was still working well over 80 90 hours a week it was very stressful you know I remember there were a few moments when I was like driving from job site so like you know we had different job sites that we were painting I remember driving from job sites to drop sites and there were a few moments when I fell asleep in the car you know like I was so exhausted I was so tired you know I I think one of the biggest things that you can do when you feel exhausted when you feel tired when you feel sad or angry as you think about the bigger picture, you know, think about the things that you want in life and how is what you're doing right now leading up to that. And so that gives you a little perspective um, to kind of move out of the instant feeling that you're feeling right now, but into like a place of just passion. So um, I would say that's my big win, um, being able to be from a place where it was very difficult, working insane amount of hours, sleep deprived, but being able to come out the other way and leading to what I'm doing right now. Absolutely, Fong. And so you're in college and, you know, you're studying and I'm sure this 120 hours, this is including your study time or not including your study yeah, time? Yeah, including the study, including working the part-time job. Yeah. So needless to say, no partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no partying. I mean, once in a while in a blue moon, you know, um, but yeah, uh, very little partying. 
for sure. And no, and I think that's very inspirational because, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, they go to college and, you know, sometimes people are saying, man, I need to have more money. I wish I would, I had more money. I want to be able to, um, you know, pay for this, pay for that, but they can't, or they don't want to, you know, whatever the case may be. And in your case, you know, you decided in addition to your studying, you wanted to, you know, really work your tail off to get to where you are today. Right. And, um, and I, I guess that, that comes with your entrepreneurial uh, ambition, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like, I feel like uh, my upbringing has a lot to do with that. You know, my parents uh, both escaped from the Vietnam War. So they're born in Vietnam. They escaped when they were in their teens. And so they worked for everything they got, you know, like they worked a lot. Um, my dad, I rem remember he would like commute three to four hours a day to work, you know, and so he'd wake up at like five, six a.m. in the morning and he wouldn't come back home until seven or eight. And he still has a smile on his, on his face, you know, like he um, he's someone that's truly inspirational, working all the time. Same thing with my mom. My mom worked. So. I was watching the kids, you know, I was, I was watching all of the siblings, you know, as the oldest son, and, and they showed me what it means to work hard. They showed me the importance of working hard. And I do feel like that rubbed off on me. So, you know, so at an early age, we're going to go back a little bit. So at an early age, you know, at 12, like you said, 12 years old, you, you decided to start buying, I thought, what was it you were saying that you, that you were buying on video games or? Yeah, like uh, there was a marketplace. So um, I was just buying random stuff, you know, stuff that people wanted. I would uh, buy it for uh, significantly less and then a few minutes later I would just resell that to someone else who who's willing to pay a better price for it <laughs> <laughs> hey that's business that's free enterprise yeah, right <laughs> exactly <laughs> pay for what you need or want right right that's funny so so at that early age you 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 learn these 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 habits and the and these work um this work ethic from your parents mm. who I'm sure they did not you know let you forget hey, this is where we came from. This is what we had to do to get to where we are here today. So you took that and then you instilled that into yourself and like you instilled that into your mindset. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's almost like a mindset. It's almost like a, uh, an environment that you were raised in. And, uh, and I do feel like that's something that's really important for entrepreneurship, you know, like the work ethic that comes along with it. You know, nobody's going to build an uh, incredible business working a few hours a week, you know, like you're going to have to put in a lot of hard work in order for it to grow. And so um, I'm glad that I was born under the circumstance of my parents being immigrants, you know, and that rubbing off on me. I do think it's an advantage to be an immigrant or to um, learn from your immigrant parents. Yeah, totally, for sure. And so you took those, those values that they instilled into you so we're going to go back to, you know, what we were saying earlier. So many years later, I'm sure you, you decided to stop the marketplace, you know, buying and, buying and selling in the marketplace, mm -hmm. go to college, you started, you know, you're, you're like, screw this, I'm not going to, you know, just take money from my parents, I'm going to work for what I want. So mm -hmm. you graduated college. So what happened after that? Yeah, so after college, I worked at a startup accelerator. So for those of you who don't know what a startup accelerator is, it's basically a company that helps uh, startup companies achieve a few years of growth within a few months. And so how we would, how we would do that is through venture capital investors, you know, who had invest, who would invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into these companies. 
we had sales teams, we had marketing teams, we had advisors. So we had kind of like a, a support team of all the things that our startup needs to help them grow and grow fast. And so I did that for about a year. I worked with about 10 different startup companies. And so that was a really great learning experience because at a young age, after, right after graduation, I got to see like 10 different businesses and what it takes to grow. And not all of them succeeded. You know, startups are, I mean, really risky. And so um, I was able to see, hey, why did this startup fail? Why did this one succeed? What did it take for it to grow to that level? You know, and, and so that experience has helped me with what I'm doing now. But uh, that's what I did after graduation. I worked at a startup accelerator for a year. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, you got to learn really, um, really what the business world is all about at that point, I would imagine. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And then so after that, what happened after that? Yeah. So after that, um, while I was working there, I was doing networking. And that's when I bumped into a guy named Edwin, calls himself the chief happiness officer. And you and I both know him. Yep. Great guy. And um, so he was telling me a little bit about Happy Neighborhood Project. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. This is really uh, different. And so I was really inspired by his vision for just business, humanity, um, entrepreneurship. And I knew I would be able to, you know, working with startups because Happy Neighborhood Project at the time was a startup. And so I knew I would be able to make some sort of impact. You know, I had some ideas on how to grow Happy Neighborhood Project. And so I left the Startup Accelerator to work at Happy Neighborhood Project full-time. And uh, I'm still here to this day. So I've been doing it for about uh, three years now. Yeah, three years. And, and then uh, I'm doing this full-time while I'm also working at my agency. So I have I started Fongbo Media back in July of uh, this year. And so I'm doing both, working full-time. A happy neighborhood project and also running my agency full-time fong you cannot escape those 120 hours i swear i don't think you can <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like anything you know those were probably the hardest like hard working years of my life and so anything compared to that it's a walk in the park you know <laughs> so so it kind of like set a high bar and like now i'm not really phased by like all the rest of the hard work you know because of that uh, experience I had in college absolutely and and of course fatherhood that's a that's a job right there oh yeah oh yeah so, yeah I would consider it a job <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you for reminding me Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't want to think about that right now yeah <laughs> I want to think about you know my business in this <laughs> that's funny I love it I love it so you know so I'm sure that you know so what would you say to those people Fang that you know, you know, you're going through college, you know, you're kind of, um, you know, up and, you know, you're just kind of getting yourself out into the world to those people who either a, you know, they're just struggling to make ends meet for themselves where, you know, they're studying, but they don't have enough money for basic necessities or people that, you know, they're going through exactly what you, what, what you went through. Yeah. So I'll start with the um, first group that you, um, you know, described, which is someone in college and they're just uh, struggling to get by, um, not being able to pay bills. Number one is uh, you got to live within your means and try to live lower than your means. I mean, chances are you can live really, really frugally, you know, like whatever you think you can live on, you can actually live on less. So you know, even if it means moving it with your parents, which sucks, you know, like I get it, 
you don't want to live with your parents you want just space uh and and just um not, not having your parents nag you all the time i get it okay <laughs> i live with my parents but if it means you saving five to five hundred dollars to a thousand bucks a month that you can save then take it you know like sometimes it's better to move back one step to move two to three to four to five steps forward and so um that's step number one is reduce how much you're spending number two is earn more okay so you got to do both at the same time you know not only save but you also got to earn more so question then becomes how can you earn more well you look for jobs that pay more and there are a ton of people hiring that right now okay like you hear it from all over the place you know like people are uh, companies are having a hard time finding employees to work for them and so you know, if you start looking and you can be a little selective, you know, you can choose higher paying jobs. You can look at how much they're going to pay you. And, and so if you're able to do those two things, save, uh, spend less, and even if it means moving into your parents' place, then do that. And then step number two is earn more through higher paying jobs. And then number three is work more. Okay. Like, you can work 120 hours a week. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. I, because I know because I've done it myself. And so now, of course, you have to have self-awareness and make sure you don't burn out. You don't become um, suicidal. You don't become depressed because you're working so much, uh, so many hours, you know, get your sleep, but you can probably work more than you think you can. And so if you work more, say you work two jobs or you work overtime, you're going to make even more money. And so over time, if you give yourself a year, two years, three years of doing that, you're going to get out of the situation that you're in. So that's the first way. Uh, I mean, sort of like the description of how I would uh, do it if I was um, kind of trying to make ends meet. Um, for the other camp that you mentioned, Jonathan, people that kind of were experiencing the same thing I was going to school full time, working part time, you know, working, you know, maybe running a business. What I did was I had a vision of what I wanted and I tied in what I was doing to that vision. So I knew that I wanted to impact people. I want to impact a ton of people. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, if I am really, really able to get through this phase and really able to do develop characteristics and traits such as hard work, perseverance, mental strength, then that's going to help me impact people later on because I'm going to be working with different companies and different nonprofit organizations. I'm going to be working a lot. It's not easy to impact billions of people, right? And so I need to develop those skills. And so that allowed me to put things in perspective. You know, it allowed me to understand that what I was doing was important because I was developing and becoming a better version of myself to achieve um, the vision that I want in the future. So that's, that's what I would do. Uh, for those two sorts of groups that you described, Jonathan. Awesome, Fung, and I, I appreciate that that um, that insight for sure. That's that's very helpful to a lot of people, I'm sure. Do you consider yourself a success right now, Fung? No, not yet. No, not yet. Yeah, not 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 right now. And <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's something that I will ever say that I'm successful. You know. I've, I kind of see myself as a work in progress, you know, like I'm always improving. I'm always looking to achieve more. I'm kind of like, you know, maybe not psychotic would be the best word, but like, just, I just want to achieve more. I want to do more. 
I don't know if I'm ever going to be quote unquote successful, you know, like at the end of the day, it's, it depends on how you define success. Right. And so if you're doing what you love, you're doing what you're happy, I guess that, you know, you might be successful for me, my definition is a little different. And so, and so right now I don't feel, feel like I'm successful yet. Cause I feel like if you, if you consider yourself successful, it's almost like you're putting yourself in, like you're making yourself comfortable. And when you're comfortable, that's a very dangerous place to be. I felt if, if um, maybe you would disagree, mm-hmm. but but it's a I great totally thing. agree. Yeah, I'm more of the and this might change later on, but right now I'm I'm more in the mindset of I'm starving, you know, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm so far from success, and so I'm willing to put in more work uh, to get further. Um, but if I am comfortable, I'm like, oh no, I'm set. I might be working a little bit less than if I didn't see myself as uh, successful. Totally, totally. So do you want to talk about your agency now, Fung? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I started Fungvo Media on July 13th. That was my birthday um, this year. And the reason why I started Fungvo Media is because, number one, I wanted to, uh, I mentioned that I want to impact billions of people. And so I started reverse engineering. How am I going to do that? And it's through companies, you know, like companies and businesses are, I have the ability to impact tons of people. And so my master plan is to come up with different companies where I would be able to donate a portion of my profits and help nonprofit organizations. And so in my agency, I'm going to, right now I'm saving up, saving up, saving up uh, profits. And then in 2000, about 26, I'm going to use those profits and do social media marketing for nonprofit organizations for free, pro bono. And so that way, I could help them impact the people that they serve, right, through, through my marketing services. What does that look like? Well, maybe the nonprofit organization doesn't have much funding, right? They need donations. And so maybe I use my marketing experience and agency to attract more donations for that nonprofit. And so now they have more funds that they can serve more people. And so I'm almost creating a chain reaction, you know, of my agency to help nonprofits then help the people that they serve and, and do that at scale. And so uh, that's one of the th- ways that I'm going to be impacting billions of people. I started it for that reason. And uh, we're about in July, so about four, uh, five months in, and it's going very well. We have a few clients. We're looking to scale and grow. I'm almost, um, it's right now it's just me, uh, um, but I'm almost at a place where I can you know, hire someone and really help out with the uh, day-to-day tasks. But yeah, I mean, We've had tremendous results with our clients so far. I actually just, it's funny, I just made a post on uh, social media, but um, basically I was doing a monthly report with one of our clients yesterday, just kind of going over um, different just metrics that we're tracking. And I mean, just the results from our campaigns has been amazing. Social media campaign has been amazing. Like for example, people reach, you know, over 14,000% increase. Uh, link clicks over, I think it was 12,000 uh, percent increase, you know, website traffic over, th- you know, uh, uh, three times the amount um, from, you know, when they, when we first started. And so, um, you know, I believe that what we're doing yields results and it's not something that like, you know, there's a ton of social media agencies out there. And so um, at the end of the day, we're all about results. 
Totally. And I love the fact that you're, you know, you're going with the approach of taking a portion of your profits and then being able to donate that through marketing for um, nonprofits. I think that's really, really admirable. That's super noble. And I, I actually did, I didn't know that myself before. So now I know. So yeah. that's really, really awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's not too like, you know, like we're not doing it yet, you know, we're still in the phase of growing. And so, um, but we're saving. And once we get to that point of, you know, 2026, five years from now, we're going to be starting to accept different nonprofits that we're going to be work with, uh, that we, we're going to be working with pro bono. You're on your way to reaching those billions of people, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thank you so much. <laughs> for sure. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, I'm going to kind of throw a little curveball at you, Fong. Yeah, so- go for it. So when, so when did you make this decision that you want to start this agency? And of course, with the intent of one day in the future, helping, like you said, billions of people or through nonprofits? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, it was, it was pro- probably be like one or two years ago, one or two years ago after that non-accelerator work. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, startup accelerator work. Um, I had an idea. I was like, huh, wait, so this is a startup accelerator for for-profit businesses. But what if there's a an accelerator for nonprofits, you know, like helping nonprofits grow faster? That way they can help improve, you know, the lives of the people that they serve. And so um, that idea started bubbling up. And then um, this year, I'm like, hmm, what what will it need? What will I need to do? What would it take to create a, an accelerator? Well, you need marketing, you know, like people need to know about your nonprofit, you know, people need to know about what you do. People don't know, need to know that you need donations, you know, like you do great work, but um, if you don't have any donations, then you can't get anywhere. So that's when I decided to start the agency and take it more seriously is, um, hey, if it's any time, it's now, you know, like let's start now. I feel like I'm ready to start an agency like that. I've learned a lot in the past few years. And so, and so, yeah, that idea came about one to two years ago. Wow. That's really awesome, Fung. That's so cool. And I can't wait to see the success from that for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. I really appreciate, you know, your, just your support as well. You've been very supportive. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, you know, we were talking earlier about the, the Happy Neighborhood Project and, you know, before, you know, before we end this, I want to ask you this. So what or where is your happy place, if you will? What or where is my happy place? Uh, hands down, the gym. So um, I've been, you know, weightlifting since I was, I would say about like eight years. Not actually, yeah, eight to nine years now, and I've been doing it pretty consistently for the past eight or nine years. And so every, you know, at first it was for weight loss. You know, I was a little overweight. I wanted to get fit, and so it's kind of like a challenge going to the gym, right? You're like building the habit. And then, you know, eight to nine years later, fast forward, now it's almost like a hobby. You know, it's like my Zen place. If I don't get my workout in, uh, it kind of disrupts the day, you know, disrupts my flow. And so uh, every time I go, I go for about an hour to an hour and a half. And I'm just so happy there, you know, like, yeah, the pain of, you know, lifting weights and your muscles tearing. Um, it hurts physically, but just mentally, it feels good for me, you know, um, 
And then, you know, that feeling that you get after you work out, you just feel accomplished. You feel you get this uh, uh, a rush of endorphins. And so that's my happy place is, is the gym. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So uh, Fung, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And, um, you know, I love the fact that we talked about that big win. And this right here, that's a big win right there too, you know, going to the gym and really getting fit. So um, I, I do want to thank you and I appreciate your, your feedback, your knowledge, right? Um, and, you know, before, you know, this will be, this will be the, the very last question right here. So again, so what would you say to those people who's in college right now and they're like, man, I don't know what I want to do when I'm, when I grow up, if you will, what do you want to say to those people? What I would say is don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's okay that you don't know what you want to do. You know, like um, a lot of people, and I, I'm, I got this from someone named Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, I learned from him. And it's like society puts so much pressure on what you want to do at 18. And so give yourself time, you know, like it's okay if you don't know what you're going to do, even when you're 30. It's okay. That's you're still young. And so what you want to do is you want to just try different stuff, you know, so that way you can find what you like and stuff that you wouldn't think you even like, you know, just try different things, become an intern at different places, volunteer at different places. And then you'll start to come up with, you'll start having an idea of what you like, the type of work that you like, and the things that you don't like. And that's going to allow you to narrow down um, what you want to do. And so that's what I would say. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and just try different things. All right. That's really good advice, Fung. Again, thank you so much. And I appreciate you being here, Fung. And yeah. um, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, uh, a couple ways, you know, uh, LinkedIn is probably the number one place. So if you want to hit me up on LinkedIn, it's Fong Vo, P-H-O-N-G-V-O. And uh, you'll probably see me come up because I'm very active on LinkedIn, posting two to three times a day on LinkedIn. So uh, the algorithm will put me up, hopefully. <laughs> I'm also open on uh, Facebook. So the same thing, Fong Vo, P-H-O-N-G-V-O. And then also you can follow me. Uh, you can email me if you'd like have any questions, email me at fong at fongbo.org, fong at fongbo.org. But yeah, those are three ways to get in touch with me. Great. All right, Fong, uh, thank you so much again. And I'm looking forward to seeing your growth. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me on. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, I hope I add as much value to your audience as possible. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks.